Hi, and welcome to the first ever episode of Serp Shots Gaming's podcast. I'm Tyler, and with me today is Phil, Dave, and Chris. And we're excited to kind of start this podcast off. Unlike other podcasts which goes over the news, ours is going to be more topic-related, uh, where each episode we're going to have one to two topics where we'll go over uh, our thoughts and opinions on the gaming industry, what we'd like to see, what we'd like, what we don't want to see anymore. Uh, <laughs> transactions. <laughs> So, but uh, to start off with, we're going to introduce ourselves and introduce our gaming history. So, Phil, why don't you take it away? Sure. Uh, So, the first thing that really comes to mind whenever I talk about when I first got into video games was Christmas of, I think it it would have been 1991 or 1990, whenever the very first Ninja Turtles came out on NES. And uh, that was also the same year that... uh, my brothers all got the uh, collectors for all the Nintendo gear, like the cabinet. We had the uh, NES. We got like uh, different various video games. That was kind of my first really uh, big introduction to video gaming, and it kind of just grew from there. Uh, video games during Christmas kind of became a recurring theme in our family. That was the best time for us to get new games uh, since money was kind of tight for us back in those days. But uh, it just kind of kept expanding. We followed every console after that. We were a huge Nintendo family for a while. Then we just kind of grew from that to Xbox and PlayStation and PC. It's kind of kept going. Very nice. Dave? Hey, uh, I'm Dave. And uh, my gaming journey, you know, really, we always had video games in the house. I mean, even when, you know, I was first born and growing up, Dad had an Atari 2600. Now, that was his, but even then, you know, some of my earliest memories is, you know, just working that little control stick and the one button. And then I can distinctly remember uh, on my sixth birthday, um, I got a uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, what I didn't know at the time was uh, that gift was for me, but also for my dad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh, he, he he played games you know after i went to bed so it was a gift as much for me as it was for him but uh you know i remember the two games i got was i got the super mario and uh duck hunt uh, uh double pet cartridge you know oh, the two and yeah. one mm-hmm. and then uh, which came with the system and then i also got the original uh castlevania and mm-hmm. uh at six years old, I can now tell you that uh, I could only get to level three. And uh, I can now tell you that uh, replaying that as an, without completely dying and having to, you know, like a restart or a continue, I can now tell you that at 35, I can now get to level four. Ooh. <laughs> and then totally die. That's um, called personal growth. Yes, yes. But, uh, no, I'm so we always had games in the house, and it was always something that uh, I was really interested in, uh, but not so much until the 3D years hit. You know, mm-hmm. that was when it went from being, you know, oh, this is a fun time to have to this is my favorite form of entertainment. Because um, that was like the last time I can remember or maybe even the only time where, you know, the jump in graphics was just so much 
that it blew my little like preteen mind. Sure. I, I mean, yeah. it was a, that was a giant perspective change. Um, mm -hmm. my, Literally, uh... <laughs> 2D, 3D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> But that's that's honestly not too dissimilar to to I guess my background, truthfully. I brought a prop. This is my <laughs> oh, this is my very uh, very nice. very first game system. This was my <laughs> Nintendo Game Boy. <laughs> um, yeah, my first game was a uh, was Tetris because uh, that's what I wanted when I was little. But um, I think yeah, with the the launch of the uh, original PlayStation and jumping into the 3D world. Um, that that's when I think I really became a, a hardcore gamer with them, mm. um, and in particular, the game I credit for that it would be Final Fantasy VII, as that was a such an important game for that console and and for bringing that, pushing that generation forward. But. Oh yeah, uh, I guess for the me though, then it would be two in that. Uh, well, of course, Super Mario sixty four was kind of like the groundbreaker for 3d that you know yeah. showed you what you could do and then the one for me though then for like world building would have been uh, ocarina of time yeah yeah uh i'm kind of similar with that so my first memory of gaming was uh one of my birthdays i got a super nintendo with street fighter 2 classic fighting game and i also remember so i had a little crtv in my uh, crt tv in my uh, bedroom and that's where I hooked up the Super Nintendo. <laughs> what? I say lucky because my parents wouldn't let me do that until I was 18. <laughs> well, the, the only problem with that was whenever I'd wake up to my dad playing it when I was trying to sleep. <laughs> In your room? <laughs> yeah, he's just, sit, he's just sitting at the end of the bed playing. And, and I'm like, hey, dad. He's like, oh, I, I didn't mean to wake you up. Uh, go, go back to sleep. <laughs> can i play no <laughs> no you got school tomorrow yeah so uh my love work. <laughs> my love started off early and, and kind of like dave it, it started off very you know arcadey fun i liked 2d platformers i liked fighting games i loved fighting games my my three most played games on my super nintendo were mortal kombat street fighter 2 and ultimate mortal kombat 3 um and it wasn't until the Nintendo 64 where Ocarina of Time showed me that games can be more than just arcadey. They can be a different way to tell a story. They can be a mm -hmm. different way to experience something that you wouldn't normally experience yourself. And I just remember uh, the first time I beat the first dungeon, the Daiko Tree, and went mm -hmm. into the world and how it just opened up to the giant field, which now is itty bitty. But back then, my, my mind was blown. I was like, how is this a thing? Mm -hmm. It's funny when you see those older games and like the those small little improvements they were making. I can remember playing uh, Link to the Past on Super Nintendo. And me and my brothers were freaking out because the arrow stuck in the wall. <laughs> that's something as simple as that yeah. back then yeah. we were looking yeah, at it, oh right. look at these effects oh, on the air that's so much good detail like that's actually common now for me it was like when in majora's mask when i was really link's leaving footprints in the mud <laughs> so yeah. my big one of that was actually the gamecube era with uh metroid prime where you could see your face in the reflection oh yeah that was yeah, yeah or your like, hand through the uh, x-ray visor <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. that was that was so cool. Well, guys. Oh, sorry, Dave. Oh no, I'm just thinking. It's kind of funny though. As we're talking about our history, we're also still kind of. It, it's funny, but we're also mirroring the old uh, playground uh, arguments of which was better, you know, Nintendo, yeah. Sony, or or Sega. And uh, I just find it funny that it seems like you know that that still repeats itself, even though like you know, God, you know, twenty twenty five years later. I mean. I started a Nintendo kid, and then uh, I was very uh, bought into the Sega does what Nintendo don't, uh, mm-hmm. and got mm-hmm. a Sega Genesis, and then only to come to find out that that's true, which means Sega does what Nintendo don't, which means make a good game occasionally. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's Sonic 3 was fire, but any... <laughs> Any Sonic game after that has been hit or missed. Sure. <laughs> However, Sega is having a pretty good um, resurgence in certain the last couple of years. Oh yeah. Not yeah. not with Sonic, but yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be so sure about that. Sonic Mania was amazing. That was a good game. That I'll was good. That was. Yep. They 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 finally realized what Sonic fans wanted was just another Sonic uh, Sega Genesis game. Yeah. So, well, guys, thank you for joining today. Uh, excited to start this up. Hopefully, we can do some form of this about once a week, and not all of us will be on. Sometimes we'll have other people, but it sh- should be a good time. So, mm-hmm. without further ado, let's get into the first topic our favorite game of this sunsetting generation. So, Xbox three or the Xbox One, uh, the PlayStation Four, they're kind of going the way of the Dodo right now with the PS5 and the Xbox Series X out now. So I think it's a great time to kind of look back and see what our favorite games were this past generation and why. So we're actually going to start off with Chris this time. Chris, favorite game sure. of this past generation and why? So this last generation, I think you could call it, like this was the generation of the the open world action game. And what better game to pick uh, that... that for me, kind of embodied um, the big pushes forward in the that genre than um, the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Now, <clears throat> clearly, there are uh, some other games that are in that genre that do some better things. However, I feel that it kind of out-Bethesda bethesda when it came to the, uh, the action role-playing experience. Oh, that, is, that is one I still need to play. I, I, I haven't brought myself to play Witcher 3 yet. Um, and I know we've, we talked yeah, off camera, Chris. Uh, one of the things that I, I tried it once. I, I picked it up and the controls felt a little floaty. Like it wasn't 100% precision. And I guess that's just my background with things like fighting games and racing games where a microsecond difference can make all the difference. Whereas with sure. this, you have to be a little more pre-planning what you're going to do because your character's not going to do it exactly the second you do it. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts about that with the game? Well, that didn't bother me at all because I, I basically kind of played it like a like a traditional like role-playing <laughs> game. A lot of what I liked about it was the fact that you had to prep for your battles, right? Especially some of the most fun things that you do is go do like the big hunts, right? You're going to go hunt a vampire, you're going to hunt a dragon, and you'd actually go build out like your... Um, your book and you'd 
kind of like how Monster Hunter works, actually, right? You go, mm -hmm. oh, hey, you know, I need to bring this tonic. They're weak against this oil. Um, you can de develop potions and things that you can put on, um, you know, your blades as well as drink yourself to help prepare for the battle. So precision, I mean, it was good enough. Fair enough. Dave, Phil, any questions, thoughts? Well, I mean, again, I, I'm not one of who has played The Witcher, I, I, and that, this just goes to me personally, but uh, I have a real hard time picking up uh, stories in the middle of mm -hmm. stuff, and just and that's just a personal preference. It's not like I don't think I could. Like, uh, you know, like sometimes you read like a Batman comic and you're like, oh, I have no idea where this is in the continuity, but it's fine. And I sure. can do that. But I know there are two Witcher games that came before three, and I would like to have those under my belt. But I have yet to want to go to the time sync commitments that I know that that is going to be. Well, not only that, but um like the original Witcher is locked to PC. That's the only place you can play it. You can play Witcher 2 on Xbox or PC. Um, mm -hmm. And then Witcher 3 is, you know, playable on everything. Um, and, and I get that. Um, I, admittedly, I have not played Witcher 1 or Witcher 2. And it was interesting when I first booted up the game because your choices that you make in those games actually impact kind of, they do like the Mass Effect thing. Oh, okay. um, right so i'm here making choices like i don't know who the hell the, this character is <laughs> well i guess i'll do this right yeah i killed this person this person lived whatever right um it didn't it didn't mean anything to me that, guy, might, that guy's a it, jerk <laughs> it, it might have ha had i played um you know the, the previous games and i think eventually i'd like to go back and play it all that said, I still really enjoyed uh, the game, and I felt like it had a self-contained story, um, which really isn't all that surprising, seeing how the um, the source material for The Witcher, they're all short stories, right? Mm -hmm. And if you read them, I I've actually started reading them, actually, and uh, it's not always 100% clear where it's on the spectrum of his life, and Geralt actually has lived a very long time, so... Mm -hmm. There's, uh, you know, hundreds of years that are in that time span. And you can kind of pick out the events based off of, like, the history of the world of oh, okay. where it fits for his life. I got you. And that, they, they kind of did that in the sh uh, show, too, on Netflix, was that you yeah. never really knew where you were on his timeline. He just kind of, they just kind of go back and forth, and it kind of comes full circle at the very end. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, so that's like, that has been the only uh, reason that, uh, like, I haven't touched the Witcher games. But even then, I I love the idea of uh, the Geralt's character. Like, I know that, like, he has the two swords, you know, one's for killing people, one's for killing monsters. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. So it's like either like an enchanted or a silver sword. And then, like, and then when the uh, the Witcher uh, DLC for Monster Hunter came out, and that I was good. I, that was good. I was all over that. <laughs> and it's just also like, it, it's funny in that it 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 works, but it shouldn't, because <laughs> even though Monster Hunter is a game about killing monsters, there's really no magic in that game at all. It's all like biology for these monsters why can he shoot you know ice uh 
He has like a freezing sack in his throat. Like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, anime biology. That works. <laughs> oh, so that those are my thoughts. Phil, you got anything else? For the best game? Um it might be because I just finished it, but my favorite one from last gen's gotta be Ghosts. Ghost of Tsushima. Ooh. Ghosts. Uh, uh, for a very uh, specific reason, like not just like the it, the story was great, the combat was smooth, it was solid, it was consistent. But what I what I really appreciated about it was that it didn't just have one good story; it had several. Mm-hmm. And whether yeah. people liked those stories sure. or not, they were pretty well planned out. And I thought that was very interesting. Like I I found myself doing as much as I could for the side quests because they had their own story. I wanted to see how they ended, and I've never I don't do that as much. I usually like to finish as many side quests as possible, but I'm not usually that invested in, in completing it, so that was definitely a personal favorite. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Well, I mean, I'm playing it now, currently. Uh, maybe we'll discuss uh, to our uh, listeners what we did for uh, New Year's here at the end, but okay. uh, on a recommendation from Chris, actually, uh, I, I made my game of the New Year the first one I played was uh, is Ghost of Tsushima, and I, I will fully admit, uh, between uh, today and yesterday, I have put at least ten plus hours into the game, and uh, have only finished Act One as of this afternoon. <laughs> so, um, nice. but uh, no, I'm loving it, and I'm also just really enjoying like the world that they have built. It is an excellent historical fiction that, you know, you're just like, I had to sit there. I'm like, was there a Koten Khan? And I'm like, no, there wasn't. But, you know, it was one of those things. It's just like they've done so much homework that it's just like, was that really real? You know, they've done such a great job of grounding it in that what at least how I would imagine that world would look like, not mm-hmm. only from like a realism standpoint, but even like what they believe, right? And and how mm-hmm. dedicated they are to their own, their honor system. And, um, you know, all the, like the spiritual, like very Japanese spiritual beliefs that they have. And I like that those are subtly hinted at, like, you know, you have these side quests to find the, uh, this ancient armor that was gifted by a God. And you're like, there's not a whole lot of mysticism in there, but even then, the parts that are in there, that's kind of—it's not heavy-handed, but it's just like, did a god just grant me a Deus Ex Machina here? <laughs> like, I, I, I'll point it out. There, there. Uh, hopefully, this isn't a spoiler alert or anything. Uh, but uh, I know, I hope Chris and Phil, you've done this mission. But the one where you learn the Heavenly Strike. Oh, and yeah. have the uh, sword yeah. duel in the thunderstorm. Yeah. I was just like, did I just get granted a deus ex machina by a god? Because yeah, that was pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of that in that game with uh, those old style battles. It was it was really well done, I thought. The artwork especially was just spot on. Well, and that game just oozes style. Um, yeah. It, it really does, and actually, I will admit that I think that um, that that game in particular, and it's almost unfair because it came out like literally this year uh, or last year, but um, mm-hmm. they their open world design and how it 
pushes the player to do more exploration as opposed to do the the traditional open world design where it's hey go climb that tower and like see all these icons on your map and go go do them right as, like it, like it's more like the uh the breath of the wild style now which has become rather popular it's just like Hey, you yep. could go this direction, but uh, you know, you could go well, this direction. Even to the point that you don't have like a like a, a HUD, or like a compass or anything like that, right? Like it, you're following the wind, right? And mm -hmm. I even liked how they explained why that was. Like they made that a part of the world too, and mm -hmm. their world building. Yeah, and, and again, that could point to like the mysticism part in it that's mm -hmm. not heavy-handed, but kind of. A light touch, you know, like a safe cracker. <laughs> so, question for you three, because I haven't played it at all yet. How does the combat feel? Is it like, what game would you kind of compare the combat to? Oh, God, it's like an Akira Kurosawa movie. It is yeah. literally, yeah. I, I'd say it's probably clearly... some <laughs> it's some of the most realistic combat aside from a few things. The one thing, though, I have noticed that has only taken out my immersion from this game, though. As I'm doing all these lightning quick sword moves, I'm just like, that guy's arm would have gone fleet, you know, way over there. And that doesn't happen in this game. It it has its blood, but it doesn't do like, you know, limbs flailing, and it doesn't do also like uh it doesn't do like the traditional Japanese theater blood spray where it goes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was I was watching YouTube videos of it actually earlier today and you know, when playing the game, because I was so focused on um, actually like doing well in the combat, it's hard to appreciate the, all the subtle animations. And when you're watching someone else do it, I'm like, man, this game is so good. It looks so good, even in combat. Um, in specific, yeah, yeah. For, for like the, I think the thing that they nailed and what made me excited about the game before it even even came out was. Um, how they did all the like parries right like when you're attacking with your sword or someone's attacking you right you know actual real sword combat you're not <clears throat> just going to stand there and hold it right you're actually going to push the sword away from you and <laughs> and they animate that beautifully and it plays well yeah mm -hmm. and, it, and it connects and it's smooth and the timing's really well like it yeah i, I was a little bit disappointed that it didn't take a uh, game of the year but uh like it was still really solid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was player's choice for game of the year, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a that's a whole other uh, podcast. I think. <laughs> 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 the last of them two game of the year for people's choice. Like, ah, I won't go down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. so. I, I haven't played Last of Us two yet. I have it. It's in the backlog, but. And I, I, luckily, I haven't had it spoiled for me yet either, so uh, keep your mouth shut, people. But uh, uh, I, I, I do know that there was uh, an event or something, an occurrence, that has made some people mad and some people just indifferent. So we will see when I get to it. Yeah, I mean, when Joel's just clubbing those baby seals. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that not... happened so much in the last game. <laughs> Emotionally, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. 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 Who's joining? We have a James! I figured it out. Yay! Welcome, James. Welcome, James. 
Thank you. So uh, right now we're kind of in the middle of going over our game of this last generation. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about your gaming history. <laughs> I am tenuously hanging on to my gamer card. Uh, we have two kids and just chaos raining. I occasionally get to play my Switch. If I'm lucky, I get to play on a PS4. Oh, that's probably about once a month. And yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at now. <laughs> on the past, I, I really would uh, put in the hours, but lately I've just been doing what I can. Fair enough. Well, Chris introduced... Uh, probably closer to Butters playing Hello Kitty Island Adventure at this point. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Chris and uh, Phil have introduced their games of the year. Um, games of the generation. Uh, generation. I'm sorry. Oh, games yeah. of the generation. My apologies. <laughs> My apologies. Um, well, James, what's your game of the last generation? Hmm. Hmm. Breath of the Wild. I was just. So let's let's try to exclude the... Nintendo because Nintendo's Switch is still kind of going on. We're looking more at like okay. X, Xbox, you know, if PS4. You include, yeah, or if you wanted to include Nintendo, I guess their last generation would be the Wii U. Uh, that's a fair point. Okay, yeah. Fallout Four. Then I, I, I really liked building all of my bases and just becoming a uh, walking death tank. I just <laughs> wandered around the, the desert that used to be De uh, Massachusetts. That's one of the things that's always great about the, the Bethesda RPGs like that is you can really play however you want in those games. Mm. You, you can build any type of class or whatnot. Um, now, out of curiosity here, did you play with any of the mods? Because uh, I know I know Xbox and I think PlayStation allowed like mods on their versions. Not many. Uh, when I was playing it, they just allowed mods. And there weren't that many, and the ones that were there may have crashed more than they were successful in getting things going. Well, to be fair, Thomas the Tank Engine needs to crash. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, too many Macho Man Randy Savage Sky Dragons or things like that. <laughs> Ooh, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> Snap it to a slip jam. Uh. So has everyone here played Fallout 4? Uh, I have yep. not. I, I played uh, 3 and all the DLCs, and uh, I played all of the main story of New Vegas, which I loved. And I started the DLCs on that, but then... You know, I got into one, and it's just started to get into this repetitive, repetitive grind, and I'm just, it got to the point with it, I'm just like, I'm not having fun with this anymore like I was the main uh, 
uh, game, so I kind of switched out, and uh, I haven't really touched a Fallout since then. Yeah, I picked up four for a hot minute, and I uh, I built up a lot of the settlements. I didn't really go to uh, end game with that one. I kind of side quested for a while, and then I think other stuff came out, and I switched games, and I don't think I circled back to it yet. And that's one thing I I I, I might circle back to because I really did almost nothing with the settlements. And I know that's like oh, a big part of the every game. Settlement. Well, I also had all the DLC for Fallout because I got the season pass. So mm-hmm. every settlement had rope murder bots, essentially. And if anything attacked, it was like Fox from mm-hmm. Fallout 3, just like at every settlement where, oh, I think there's a threat. Okay, it's gone now. <laughs> Heard loud explosions. <laughs> Yeah. Liberty Prime must liberate from Chinese communist terrorists. Blam. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, very nice. All right. Uh, Chris seems to have job, dropped off, but I imagine he'll pop back on here soon. He, he literally just texted saying that uh, his PC decided to update itself right now. So <sighs> Gotta love know, PCs. Yep, yep. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead and go over mine here. Uh, so I, I thought long and hard about this because there are some that my brain went to at first, like Destiny 2, but that's more of an addiction than a, a favorite game. <laughs> um, no, you're not wrong. I, thinking about my gaming, I, I am glad I'm not an alcoholic or a, a drug user because I'm an addict for loot drops and just come on one more hit <laughs> give me mm-hmm. another engram give me another give me another random encounter with a pokemon let it be shiny 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 yep uh but i what i actually landed on was a turn-based rpg persona 5 uh, yes. oh oh <laughs> I haven't played that yet. Okay. Highly recommend it, especially now with that Persona 5 Royale is out. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played Royale yet, but it's just more Persona 5. So what I loved about Persona 5 was the style. I have never played a game that just oozed with so much pop and just excitement with every little thing you did. The music was amazing. The even the menus just looked out of this world. I love all the memes of like people in normal life with the Persona Five music and the menus popping up around them. Mm-hmm. No, uh, now, I. Oh, sorry, Tyler. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, just that music uh, is amazing. Uh, you know that music hits you in your soul. It just it is so. Uh, you know. T- the beat, you know, it, it's technically classified as like acid jazz, and I've like looked up other acid jazz artists, but even then, I'm just kind of I, I listen. I'm like, well, this is crap by comparison. Um, and just the plot was very exceptionally well done, and there are just some smart smart moments in the plot where you're just sitting there. You'd, I totally didn't catch that, and then it just is kind of your mind is blown when it comes out with that. 
And so it was also cool uh, with my job because uh, I teach high school art. And so uh, I have a bunch of students who, you know, want to do that kind of stuff, you know, as their art in art class. And so, but, uh, you know, I was able actually to win a lot of kids over, you know, when we're first being introduced, like at the beginning of the year. I put that soundtrack on for us to make artwork to in class. And then it's just like, boom, there you go. And it's just like, but you, Mr. McCausen, you're a gamer? Yes. We can talk about it before and after class, but not during. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good rule. Yep. <laughs> What's the difference between Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royale? Uh, think of it like a director's cut and you get all the deleted scenes. Okay. The, they, yeah, there's, there's one more main mission added. DLC. It wasn't a DLC originally. It actually adds, because um, it's based around a kid going to high school. It adds another, a whole like third quarter to the school that you actually get to participate in and learn more about the plot. And oh, wow. uh, yeah. yeah, and there's a whole new uh, character, and her whole story is really well done and interesting. So. It's like if uh, it's like you know, like a really well done DLC, but without it actually being a DLC, it's just like a re-release, remaster of the game, kind of. Well, that's the, like okay. the, the 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 best example I can give is kind of like going from Super Mario Brothers to Super Mario Brothers on the Super Nintendo uh, in the All Stars Collection. It's the same game, but they added so many little things to just enhance the flavor. Got it. So if one was say twenty four fifty, another one was fifty nine dollars. Uh, I have seen Persona Five Royale go on sale for thirty bucks a lot. Yeah, and no question. I mean, I when I I got into Persona with Persona Four, and uh, I really enjoyed that, and I'm just like. <laughs> We can't get better from the, in this series. I was very wrong. But uh, as soon as it came out, I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm going to wait because I played Persona 4 Golden, which is the same as it is with this. You know, Golden was the longer, more full-fledged game. That's the same with Royal. It's the longer, full-fledged version. Yeah, because turn-based RPGs are really starting to be better for me as I get older. Uh, when I was younger, I used to really uh, rock the first-person shooters and just have all the twitchy reflexes that I could have. But in my sleep-deprived old age, it's just not happening. <laughs> so well, things where I can just stop and have like it waits for me to do it that's that's better for me well it's kind, of, it's kind of impressive too so when i played it first uh it was just when i had moved to kansas so money was a little tighter so i rented it from the library and was able to kind of renew and renew but there was a point where i had to return it and it took me a little bit of time before i was able to rent it again i picked it up without missing a beat i was just like it just felt like putting on, you know, uh, the right jacket. You know, you're like, oh man, this is this feels good. 
and it's a long game. I didn't do everything, and I played about 120 right. hours. I will try to I wouldn't wait for Roy to go down to 30 bucks. I, uh, I, I platinumed Royale. I enjoyed it so much, and I have only platinumed three wow. three games in my life, and uh, one of them was Lara Croft Go, which is the cell phone puzzle game for Tomb Raider that they put on PlayStation Vita and apparently <laughs> gave a platinum trophy to. <laughs> Yeah, Persona Five was great. I I bought Royal and I haven't picked it up yet. So, <laughs> it now there are going to be weird things in it. Uh, I tried to explain the game to my wife, and she just looked at me like I had seven heads. She, you know, she, she's like, well, "What's this game about?" Well, I'm a high schooler who also steals the bad uh, desires of other people, and one of my teammates is a cat who can turn into a bus. Yeah, and uh, the cat's name's Morgana, but yeah. the cat's actually a dude. Yeah, yep. I, yeah. I know. Oh, and, man. Uh, and who thinks he's a human? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's Part right. Proof that, uh, whatever drugs Japan has are much better than what we get here in the States. <laughs> yeah. You know, in... Wasn't that also the one who randomly texted me that your teacher was calling you master now? Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> hey, no I, context to that. I am going to defend that <laughs> because because one day. because maxing out that relationship allowed me to do a second activity every day, and that was helped me so much with being able to eat burgers <laughs> or or really do, do anything. <laughs> Because it was frustrating in that game where you'd have like this major plot event happen and be like, "Oh, well, you have to go to bed." I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And, and then having having that taken care of, being like, oh, okay, now I can go out and do like whatever, right? That should be a subreddit. No content. Uh, for, no context. Persona Five. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So, yeah. So, uh, highly recommend it to anyone who gets a chance. Yeah, I know you suggested to me a lot. I haven't picked it up yet. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, you go for it. Okay. Uh, for me, gaming, since I'm so into it, and uh, for those who, viewers, you won't know this, I, I'm a collector also. Like, uh, you know, back in the day, it used to be, you know, to get new games. Uh, well, it's still like this for most people. To get new games, you had to trade in your old games to put, you know, money for, uh, at around a certain point, you know, during the Nintendo 64 era, I just stopped doing that because a lot of games I just, I loved and I didn't want to get rid of them on the off chance. Yeah, I probably will play that again uh, later. You know, like I eventually did get all 120 stars in Super Mario 64. I, uh, you know, I did try and, you know, I got every jiggy in Banjo-Kazooie. So like I wanted to keep those games. So uh, it is now so bad, I have to keep an app on my phone to keep track of what I have. And That's so a, you know, a lot yeah. of people here are mentioning games, though, that I would pick for the last generation. Like, I would say, but it's like, it's hard to pick one that is, a, you know, the favorite. But, like, I would, if I had categories, I would say Persona 5 would have definitely been mine for traditional RPG. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima so far, yeah, would win my open world one. Um, 
but really thinking about it uh really there's only two that come to mind uh one for just one simple reason uh but i won't uh that won't be the one i talk about but i would say uh super smash brothers for wii u uh or the previous generation was a favorite just because it basically well it started it laid the foundation for the epitome of it that is ultimate currently and just started making smash brothers just video games the video game so but -hmm. that's all i'm going to say about that but the one that i had to probably say would be the favorite um and it especially helped out I would say in certain points uh, in the past few years, um, Monster Hunter World. Ooh, mm, that's a great game. A good game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, just for the first part, you could play it how you wanted to. If you wanted to play it single player, you could. If you wanted to play it multiplayer, you could. It is, you know, and it's a co-op game. It's not one where... You know, you're fighting against the other kid. I have come to find out, though, that I am old enough and can't play as much as, like, my own, as my students even, that getting online in a first-person shooter or a fighting game to play against an opponent, I I suck anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get my butt kicked, you know? And, uh... I think the worst it ever was was like I was playing Marvel versus Capcom three at an anime convention. I sat down. There was a 13 year old Asian kid sitting next to me, kicked the living crap out of me in that game. And he was there with his mom who's sitting there crocheting in the corner. And I'm just like, I'm leaving. I'm done. (laughs) Here you go, kid. You can have my, my veteran uh, fighting game uh, king card. I- I'm done with it. I'm not using it. But Monster Hunter World, though, you know, all of you are trying to literally beat the monster in the room. That is the point of the game. Um, and I love it because it is this crazy world with all these crazy monsters. And I also like that they're like variations of traditional monsters that we would have like in mythology or in history you know we have dragons and we've got dinosaurs and things like that but they all have that very unique clearly japanese influenced twist to it that just makes them so much so very interesting and so fun um and it's also it was just a joy for me to like look at some of these and just be like, you know, because being the art teacher, I just I kind of analyze how things look. And it's just like sometimes, you know, I'm able to pick out, you know, oh, well, they based this off of this and this off of this. <laughs> you know, Just have that bit of fun. And um, and then the weapon system, you know, there's a flavor for everybody in there. You know, you want to play it as a shooter. OK, there's like. Uh, two guns and a bow and arrow in the game if you want to you want to be a brawler uh there's a ton of weapons for you too you want to be more defensive okay you can get like the lance and the sword and shield um you want to jump around like a crazy person uh, yeah how i play the game yeah yeah do that (laughs) (laughs) i want to play like a a long jumper in the olympics Uh, yeah, that's not uh, an inaccurate description. Mm-hmm. It, it is pretty accurate. 
Yep. And uh, no, it just, it, it's a wonderful game. I, I really enjoyed, you know, my time playing with you guys because especially, I mean, the game came out, what, now three years ago? Mm-hmm. And there were plenty of yeah. times, though, where I was working, you know, uh, my crummy job uh, before I got, you know, the current one. And it's just, you know, I needed that on weekends, you know, because I was working at uh, a hospital and, uh, you know, dealing with unruly patients, you know, it was just so nice to relax. And you're like, OK, we're going to take out uh, our un- uh, unused aggression <laughs> for patients on this Toby Kadachi. All right, buddy, come here. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> the only game where you can wear the skin of your enemy and fight a giant pickle. Yep. Yep, quite literally. Oh, yeah. If you're a gun lancer, that pickle became a weapon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part uh, of that game actually is the fact that, that that's the whole like loot grind mechanic is you mm-hmm. harvest the enemy to make your armor. <laughs> it's quite literally I'm gonna eat your brains to gain your knowledge, but in the sense that I'm going to use your corpse to to make my gun, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, that that hit that dopamine spot for me. It was just like, Daddy needs a new yep. pair of boots. Yep. <laughs> I need to put a set of ladybug armor on the talking cat. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And what's even worse, now they're coming out with Monster Hunter Rise, and they're adding dogs, and I'm even more excited oh, so- for that. So, have any of you tried the demo yet? I have not. Not I, yet. I've been playing Ghost so, of Tsushima. How can I fit the demo in? So, <laughs> so good. So, I, I can't believe it's running on the Switch. It, it's it's keeping the same frame rates as Monster Hunter World. It's a solid 30 frames a second. Nice. And That's it, pretty impressive. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what Warlock read they did, but I'm I'm for it. <laughs> and and I think if I saw it correctly, it's got built-in voice chat too. Oh wow! Really? They actually have that now, now for the Switch? No, not for the Switch. It's it built into the game itself. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that is something that will help. Um, that's my biggest problem with playing games online on the Switch is uh, having to use that crappy. Uh, Nintendo Online voice chat. So oh, if, like, it's into, if it's built into the game, it's how much better. Did. We just, we just load, put like a laptop next to us and load Discord. <laughs> yeah. Play Diablo three. Yep. Right. Yeah, we did do that. Sure. Yep. Right. Yep, yep. Very, yep. very diverse set of games. You know, mm-hmm. not a lot of crossover there, and it's been a good generation. But we can all agree. Mm-hmm. Cyberpunk 2077 was not the game of the generation. (laughs) There was so much potential there, and uh, I didn't return mine. I I kept it just because, like, I'm kind of a sucker for the Cyberpunk theme, so I have every intention of playing it when they fix the bugs, but that game kind of fizzled out when it came out. So take this with a grain of salt, but uh, Jason Schreier from now Bloomberg uh, was doing an article about it and said that the developers were really kind of insisting that the game would be ready in 2022. They felt like it was being rushed by two years. Yeah, I I know that, you know, we're not wanting to talk about the news, but um, yeah, I was just uh, uh, that that 
post that they put out that video where they yeah. apologized and basically, you know, um, put all the blame on their QA team. That was uh, that that was not a good moment. They just they just need to shut up and fix the game. I, I know that sounds terrible, but that's what they need to do. No, they they need to yeah. do exactly what uh, No Man's Sky did, which was go uh, what's that go, right? Yeah, go silent, go quiet. Yeah, go silent. Do the work. Work. You know, don't work on DLC. Don't work on next gen version. Fix it, and once it's fixed, you can then start your redemption story. Yep. So. Yeah, I agree. Well, kind of what I'm hoping for. I'm going to wait for it to get cheap, like 20 bucks. then I'm going to pick it up and then just sit on it, because it's not like I can play it right now anyway. I, yeah. And when it gets good and the price goes up, I'll have a, I'll have a game to play. Yeah. So yeah. on that note, too, I'm like... So- Best games of the last generation. What are like? What do you think was the biggest flop? I don't know if I consider twenty seventy seven the biggest flop from last generation, but I have an idea in my head. But I'm curious what everybody else thinks. Ooh, good uh, question. So, so I am I am going. I've got an answer, and it's not a single <laughs> game. It's a business decision that has caused so much anguish with the fandom. I think I know what you're going to say. It's the same thing I'm thinking. The EA Star Wars exclusivity. Uh, okay, oh. different from what I was thinking. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I, I'm very happy well, that, that, that the way that's all EA. worked out. Actually, right? Yeah. We've got yeah. Lucasfilm games now, and yep. uh, yeah. we're, we're going to see what other developers can do with the property. Yeah, I was going to say. Any, anything from Bioware this last generation. Mass Effect Andromeda and Anthem both just tanked. What is James? <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, there's, there's been, you know, unfortunately it happens, right? There, there are companies that do their fall from grace, right? Um, and I think that uh, Bioware certainly has fallen from grace like it was they're really high um in the um you know ps3 xbox 360 days with mass effect and 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 dragon age even though i'm i can't personally say i'm a fan of dragon age but um to coming into this generation with anthem anthem might actually be my pick for biggest flop that game was so high on everyone's radar um i wanted it to be because i couldn't really ever like i liked destiny just fine but i'm certainly not tyler right and 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 my love for that game i wanted anthem to be that and it just never happened so i I remember seeing they were they were gonna they were there were talks of them doing a um what's the what's the wording for it like uh they're gonna rework the whole thing they were gonna do a uh, like a revamp patch and just fix everything in once and they announced that like as the pandemic was uh, growing legs <laughs> literally and uh, and then after that like I guess when, when was it they announced that they were going to do another Mass Effect and they hadn't even finished the uh, it was it was it was like yeah. a couple months ago, and and the yeah. worst part is like not only did they show a teaser from for Mass Effect, but they also showed a teaser for the next Dragon Age game. I'm like, 
this is one team. How they're not going to do all of this? And I now I thought Bio, I thought Bioware had two offices. I thought they had two they, teams. They do ish. The 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 team that made Mass Effect Andromeda doesn't exist anymore. Aha. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, I remember that. It's there. I don't know how they're orged. I just know that there's something had to get chopped and. And and I wonder uh, if if Anthem if they basically just gave up on Anthem because I don't know how they could be making because I know there's always been a Dragon Age team and there's always been the um is it the Edmonton team that makes the mm-hmm. the, the original trilogy so there's those two right so who's you know is is there an Anthem team or did they just go away from Anthem I guess is what I would be wondering yeah it's a million dollar question. I'd be very interested in seeing some kind of a documentary, and I don't know how many years when the guys that are that were there tell their story of what happened to Bioware and how it crumbled from the inside. So, I am going to disagree with you slightly, Phil. I don't. Okay. I, I don't feel like Anthem was the biggest disappointment. I feel because I I played Anthem. I played through the whole campaign. I feel like there's a strong foundation there. It mm-hmm. it just lacked content. It just needed that. It needed that that loop that you know that cheese to have you go through the maze that kind of draws you in every time. It just didn't have a good sure. one of that. I I feel like that game was at least finished. It just didn't have a lot of content. I am sure. so upset how many games have come out this generation that aren't done, that are just glitchy yeah. as all get out, that are near unplayable. We were talking about cyberpunk. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Remember ET on Atari and how legendary that game became because of how bad and buggy it was, and like mm-hmm. that kind of become the like you make a good point. That's kind of become the standard for a lot of games these days, where that it'll come out crap, and they'll just patch it. There, there's like there's these day zero patches that you couldn't do twenty and thirty years ago. So mm-hmm. another another yeah, game they're using the total over reliance on them too nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there used to mean it used to mean something when a game went gold. Now, with all the day one patches, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, gold mm-hmm. just means it's in beta. Yeah, early access. <laughs> Another game I feel that suffered from that this generation, and I'm going to preface this with: I love this game. I'm close to platinum it. Is Avengers? <laughs> I was actually going to ask you. So on the scale of if you had to like because they're both live service games, which one did you enjoy more, Anthem, Avengers? <sighs> so I like the multiplayer of Avengers better. Um, okay. Although I think it suffers from the same problem that Destiny Two suffered when it came out. They make you level up so you can get all your skills. Just give it to you up front. And just get the equipment that can give you buffs and nerfs and whatnot. I, I think that that would have made playing certain characters a lot better. I, I think that it takes too long for Iron Man to feel fun to play. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it really wasn't until you hit like level fifty and had everything, then you're like, oh yeah, now I'm playing as the superhero I see in all the movies. Yeah. Again, love that game. Can't wait for 
excuse me, hiccups, more content. Mm-hmm. Just not, 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 not fully baked. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess, oh, sorry. Go I ahead. was going to say, I, I feel like I just have more confidence, especially mm-hmm. at least at this point, that Avengers is going to be like next year. Avengers is going to be different than what Avengers is right now. I'm certainly hoping that's the case. Mm-hmm. So, I still hope they revamp. Uh, I still hope they revamp Anthem. I'd be curious to try to like. I, I'm kind of with Chris. Like, I was really looking forward to that as being a unique uh, looter shooter. And I was hoping, I was really wanting to explore that. It looked huge. You know, it looked like a big world. Yeah, but, and I liked, uh, I liked what I saw about, like, the flying. Like, you could just, like, kind of jump in and go. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, that open kind of world stuff, you know. Flying is still, in a game, though, is still magical to me. I mean, even though, you know, Super Mario 64, you get the wing cap. That, that's still, like, a magical experience to me when it's just like, Oh, you want to fly? Do it. You know, just choom, and the game just goes. You know, it it still brings the childish joy to me. And I, I just was disappointed after seeing that with Anthem, though the reviews were, were so bad. And then you know, I was still tempted to get it, but then I saw like, not very long after it came out, it was already five bucks at GameStop, and I'm like, well, this game sucks. The last time I bought a game that was five bucks at GameStop was uh, Battlegrounds, you know, uh, the game that tried to be Overwatch. Mm. And, Battleborn. Uh, oh, Battleborn, Battleborn. okay. Yeah, and uh, then I, I bought it, and then like a month later, when I still hadn't plugged the game in, the servers went offline, and now, now I have a lovely disc in my collection that does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just kind of like, well, you know, if it's going to do this, why bother? You know, I can at least keep my five bucks. <laughs> I could be like Butters and buy Hello Kitty's, uh, well, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. Island Adventure. Yeah, Hello Kitty. Yeah. So I could put it towards uh, I, Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival and at least get Isabella and Digby in a box like this. <laughs> <laughs> So, Perfect Universe, if they wanted to save Anthem, it would take just one thing. Reskin it as an Iron Man game. <laughs> you're Iron Man. You're War Machine. It felt like an Iron Man game. And you could just yeah. customize it, it saying did. this is the Mark II, Mark III. <laughs> the Colossus could arguably be the Hulkbuster. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> uh oh. If we get a fourth player, someone's got to play as Pepper Potts. <laughs> <laughs> the Goop Bot. They give her the rescue. Ex- rescue. Yeah. <laughs> rescue, yeah. Can't I, can't I play as a Jarvis controlled suit? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think for me, the flops of gaming uh, this past one is you suddenly saw monumental creators of games, you know, and I'm talking big names, just suddenly do something 
that landed them flat on their face. I mean, we had Keiji Inafune, the creator of Mega Man as we knew it. Mighty Number Nine, splat, you know, and just that name now means nothing, you know. I mean, Mm -hmm. Mega Man Eleven was a world's better game than that, and even that one was still kind of like, oh, this is good, but I wish I was playing real Mega Man, you know. And then um, we had uh, Tomonobu Itagaki, the guy who revolutionized uh, the Ninja Gaiden series uh, back in the PS3 and 360 era. Uh, His claim to fame uh, this past generation was Devil's Third. And uh, that game is a steaming pile of something. Uh, What happened was, you know, because he's known for his massively huge ego in gaming industry like i was reading an article about him you know they interviewed him and he's just like yeah i'm loving uh you know legend of zelda uh, ocarina of time you know i just i know i would have made it better and i'm like dude your claim to fame is ninja gaiden and dead or alive uh the the fighting games with scantily clad women how are you gonna make you know your version of ocarina of time better just Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time with boob physics. <laughs> That's the only claim to fame you have. Zelda Extreme and, Beach Volleyball. Exactly. <laughs> and But then he comes out with this adventure game where you play as this, like, ex-Russian uh, Spetsnaz, like, special agent guy who's in, like, a maximum security prison, but his body is all covered with Japanese kanji tattoos, and it, it, it makes no sense. And it's just one of those things where he was just talking out of his butt, you know, just like, this game's going to be the greatest thing, and it's just like, oh, well, I believe three publishers passed on you, and then Nintendo felt sorry for you and bought the game to release it, which they almost didn't do, and now the game is worth much more than it should be just because it is harder to find. You know, and, and being a collector like me and being a rabid Nintendo fanboy, I still am. I was worse, but I still am. But uh, I had to have it. And also just because I love playing like really stupid Japanese games at times. But that one, I'm like, oh, but this is the epitome of stupid. <laughs> Yeah, we're seeing a lot more uh, Japanese creators enter the indie space. And you mentioned some flops, but I mean, you got um, Igarashi who made uh, Bloodstained, uh, the creator of uh, Castlevania, right? And yeah, that that's uh, a success story. Right. So I mean, uh, what would you guys say then about? Uh, that's another thing going along with this trend, though. You had a bunch of creators just leave the company that they created their name on, like. Mm-hmm. But would you say, like, the same was Death Stranding been as much of a success as, like... Uh... So, I loved Death Stranding. I same. know that that game is not, like, the giant commercial success that they wanted it to be, but it was so unique. I would love to play another game that implemented multiplayer in the way that that game did again. Okay. Yeah. I haven't played it yet. Again, I have a really big backlog but again that's you know it, it was very you know public the, mm-hmm. the the downfall between uh 
uh, Hideo Kojima and Konami. Right. And then, although in that case, though, I think uh, Konami was the one who fell on their face. Let's release Metal Gear Survive. Oh my God! What Whoa. a train wreck! Okay. Real fast here. Wait, I, I might buy that one for five dollars. <laughs> I, I, I might have to change my answer for biggest disappointment. Metal Gear Five, biggest disappointment. Metal Gear Five being as amazing game as it is and not finished. Yeah, yeah. you know, I really I like no real ending on that. <laughs> I really like that game, but it's not my favorite Metal Gear game. That's such a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. I'm. I agree though. I judge me as you want. Metal Metal Gear Solid Three is my favorite. That's my favorite. That's a darn good game. Uh, okay. right. I would say, oh God, I mean, that's like picking a child. Which child's your favorite of the Metal Gear Solid games, dude? Ah, dang. Uh, well, but uh, not rated. Slice of the yeah. <laughs> I think. That, yeah. Well, okay. Okay. Then. That brings me to a point, though, and why I might say this, though. I like things that have, like, a little bit of kitschiness to them, or when they can take something that on its surface is a stupid idea, but then, like, rework it to the point that it's awesome. So, like, case and example, like, uh, things I really like, like Ninja Turtles. On its surface is a really stupid idea. Oh, there's four mutant turtles, and their dad's a giant rat, and they're no ninja. You know, and yeah, that's a dumb idea. But then they've, you know, made this whole world about it and everything. And it's like, oh, that's awesome. Or we've got uh, the series Death Note, you know, the comic series. This notebook, when you write a person's name in it, kills people. That is the dumbest idea I have ever heard. And then you read it and you're just like, oh, my God, this is one of the smartest books I've ever read. And I would say then that was why Metal Gear Solid 4 might be my favorites, because there's some kitschy elements in it that are kind of silly, but for the storytelling purposes they were doing, I really liked. Like, you know, Old Man Snake, you know, when I first saw that, I'm like, well, this is going to be a nightmare. That's so stupid. Then it's just like, well, he's not really old per se it's just his body is aging rapidly because he's a clone you know and so i'm like okay that's really interesting okay we got to fill him full of uppers and other drugs to keep him going because he is rapidly aging hey you know how you hated raiden in metal gear solid 2 but you know how you love the cyborg ninja in metal gear solid 1 we're going to combine the two of them in an attempt to make something incredibly cool. And it worked. <laughs> they did yeah. the fusion dance. Yeah. Fusion! <gasps> it, so, was a, it was a good game. I, I liked it, but it was a bit of a... <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 4 is a bit more movie than the rest of the series. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say 2 at Act 3 on 2... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that one's pretty bad, yeah. So, kind of going on with your, with your theory there, Dave, of it's so stupid, but if you build the world right and just present it in the right way, it becomes magical. There's a game that's out now that I really want to play that I feel does that. Yakuza Like yeah. a Dragon. Oh, yes. Uh, my brother Doug, who, viewers, you will know, uh, he was going to join us tonight. He will be one of the other... Uh, 
nonsense voices talking to you on this podcast, but uh, he's a big fan of the Yakuza series, and for so for Christmas bequeathed me uh, Yakuza Zero, and I am actually really looking forward to it. But I have now watched a couple videos from uh, a great YouTube channel called Outside Xbox. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's a, a British channel. Yeah, they came up with a wonderful ship channel. Um, but one of their hosts is a great Yakuza fan. And so he's made several videos about, like, the weirdest side quests that you can do in that game. I want to play that game so much just because of the fact that one of the summons in, like, the RPG system of it is a crawfish. And it, like, summons a giant herd of crawfish to just pinch and, you know, you know, pincher and, you know, poke and bite your opponents to death. And I'm just, I'm like, yep, stupid enough, I'm going to enjoy it. So, slot car racing. So, <laughs> There's what? Real, slot car racing in that as well, I believe. Nice. <laughs> so, do you know why it's an RPG? Do you know why it's a turn-based game? Uh, no. So the main character in it grew up loving the Dragon Quest games, so he imagines everything in the world to be like a Dragon Quest RPG. <laughs> uh, that's so meta. I love oh, it. Amazing. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's that's oh. the you wouldn't think it works, but if you build it right. Oh, yep. Um, other things like that, you know, uh, like No More Heroes is exactly like that. But, you know, everything's tongue in cheek and they have a lot of fun with that. You know, that is a studio, the studio that does that. I, I just feel like a lot of them were pulled from uh, the ashes of Clover Studio, uh, who made God Hand, which has mm. like the same level of humor from the PS2 era. It's just like, Okay, Platinum Games is going to take all the people from Okami and Beautiful Joe. And, okay, uh, Grasshopper Manufacturing, you guys are going to get the weirdos from God Hand. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, going back to the question here, any other big disappointments, or? I, because I on games, but because my favorite was Fallout 4, and, I mean, I I sunk hundreds of hours into that game, and because I heard it was a live service, I didn't get it, but but Fallout 76 was just... I wish I had eaten my words and bought it because it was good, but it wasn't good, therefore I feel... Glad I did not get it. Yeah, that was one. I think they actually did patch that one. I think it's better now. Uh, at least it's playable. I don't think it's still. I don't know if I don't know if it's considered good by the internet, but uh, I think it's better than the release. Would have been better off like releasing it as a beta when it first got released. Because I, I, I remember when it came out that fall and like around uh, Christmas, they were already discounting it for, like, half price. I was like, ooh, this is, uh... Yeah. This mm-hmm. is not good. This this game... Yeah. <laughs> there was a uh, post online about a guy who, like, bought it, wanted to return it to GameStop, and, like, the, like, the people just said, no, you know, you can't, you know, return it for, like, a refund or something. And so he demolished the store over it. 
No, on the one hand, okay, jerk move guy, but on the other hand, understandable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that game did something I felt was truly atrocious, was before fixing the game, they launched their subscription service to get more loot in the game. $100 a year. It was called Fallout First. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I, I, I'm really waiting for the uh, Jason Schreier report that that tells us about Bethesda. And I, I imagine that they had a lot more money issues this this I, last couple I, of years than than I think that that's been you know told to the public. And and that's one of the things where I'm kind of glad that Xbox bought them because now they have the money of Xbox behind them, who's just like just make a good game. We'll put it on Game Pass. Don't have to have DLC or anything. It's been interesting, though, with all the studios. It's interesting. I Sorry. would think with Bethesda, it's like uh, Bethesda themselves that have been the troublemakers, but it's been their subsidi- subsidiaries that have been knocking out the hits because mm-hmm. aren't, uh, they own id, which did Doom and Doom Eternal, both mm-hmm. wonderful games. Uh, Tango Gameworks, which is, was a surprising purchase for me, but... Uh, they did the Evil Within games, which were kind of sleeper hits, I would say. You know, they're not the ones that everybody's just like, you know, always talk about when it comes to horror games, but they're always the ones that it's just like, you know, like like I'll watch online, top 10 hidden horror gems on the PS4, and that game is like always number one. <laughs> what were you going to say, James? How could they... They keep releasing Skyrim on every system. <laughs> they have milked that cash cow beyond what should be milked. <laughs> they have beaten that cow to death and are still going for more. <laughs> There's still modders yeah. on Reddit making stuff on PC. Uh, it's it's crazy. Well, hopefully they can come out with something good. So, guys, I think this is a good kind of stopping point for the podcast. But next week's topic, I, I've already figured one out. And this kind of ties in with Bethesda. So, with the announcement that Machine Games, uh, the makers of Wolfenstein, are making an Indiana Jones game. And Ubisoft is going to be able to make a Star Wars game with the same company or the same uh, team that made The Division. Mm-hmm. My question to you guys for next time is this. What intellectual property would you like to be seen made by a, a, a developer that would be a perfect match in heaven without restrictions of, you know, it's a Nintendo company, it's not, a, it's a Sony. Just like, who would make the perfect Turtles game this day, these days? Who would make the perfect uh, Power Rangers uh, arcade game? Things like that. All right, all right. Okay. All right, well, yeah, sounds yeah. good. Awesome. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us for our inaugural episode. Hopefully this goes much better than the actual inauguration in the U.S. next week. (laughs) Yeah, stay safe with that, guys. Yeah, stay safe. Everyone stay safe. Social distance. Be kind. Stock up on alcohol. Wait, maybe don't don't put that to show. (laughs) (laughs) 21 and over. Stock up on alcohol. All the rest of you kiddos... uh, Figure something out. I mean, yeah, uh, just just play your Fortnites. Yeah. <laughs>
All right. Well, I, I have a really awesome drug-free way to get soup fudged up. <laughs> our our first beef I get to put in. Yay. That's the one that's CG-13. That's the one that's allowable. <laughs> Fudge. The, the brown chocolate thing. Uh, anyway. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Now, it's bad for your health, but if you stay up super, super late, things get weird <laughs> in a fun way. Sleep deprivation. That'll do that. Around 4 a.m., when you're out awake for 22 hours. A lot of the listeners might already be listening to this at 4 a.m. We're uh, that? All right. And they take the Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, wait, it's five. What are you talking about? Hey, go to Denny's and do syrup shots. That's yeah. what we did. Yeah, yeah. Go to yeah. Denny's and do syrup shots. So maybe we should tell our viewers where the, the name comes from. So okay. we have been um, friends for a long time. Dave, you want to tell it? Sure, I'll tell it. Well, um, we have we all met the majority of us in high school. And high school now, uh, for most of us, was graduated in 04. Unfortunately, that means the 20-year mark is coming sooner uh, than we would like. And um, <laughs> most of our shenanigans uh, in high school seem to take place usually at my house, my parents' house, because we had a big old finished basement. However, it was not uncommon for us to do like crazy shenanigans, uh, like gaming, uh, we played a lot of board games. Uh, mm -hmm. We did a lot of HeroScape at the time and things like that. But, you know, with that young person energy that we lack anymore, it would be very common for us to, you know, play till like three in the morning and then be like, okay, we're hungry for, you know, the fourth meal of the day that exists at that point. So the only place that was ever open was the local Denny's. And it was not uncommon for the silly shenanigans to follow us to Denny's. <laughs> and Tyler has a history of doing dumb food challenges in his youth. Um, there was the ultimate sushi challenge. Um, you eat a ball of wasabi and just... Put yeah. Well, I saw I saw you do a spoonful one time, you know. Oh yeah, just you know done. Uh, and uh, I believe one of those clears, was, clears the sinuses. Yeah. Oh yeah, it burns real good. It feels great. Yeah. I do that nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> and one of those was the syrup shots, which happened on more than one occasion. Got to help that poor waitress that waited on us that night. Uh. You can, you can add more details to that. Well, yeah, it was just, you know, when you go to Denny's, they give you the pancakes, and they give you a little clear glass of syrup. It looks like a shot glass. Yeah. So, and to be clear, none of us drank in high school. We, we nope. were some of the few that didn't. And Matter so, of fact, at one party, someone dressed up as a frat bro and brought a beer bong. We were all 18, 17. None of us drank. We did that thing with soda. And uh, not no. good soda. I was going to say, you're being kind calling that soda. Yeah. This was cheap dollar store swill. 
So you know, Cola. Just, you know, Bubba Cola was literally its name. <laughs> the stuff treats you, it, it tastes slightly better than your, your own pee, I would say, but <laughs> Bubba Cola was nicknamed Liquid Glass after a couple times because it was basically can, beer bong, chug. There you go. And, you know, oh, we, we did a lot of stupid stuff. Well, you know, I have to tell them once the the uh, the birthday gift stories here uh, at some point. That, that <laughs> will probably be another another podcast. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know the fact that we survived our dumbness through high school <laughs> and are now almost twenty years out of it and decent careers. I, how in charge? <laughs> and some of us are in charge of children now. <laughs> or are very quickly going to be. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. We are functioning adults. <laughs> Look over at James with the two kids. <laughs> Fun- functioning, the, the bar for functioning has been lowered. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If at first you don't succeed, lower yeah. your expectations. <laughs> All right. Just seeing what I did as a kid on the other side now I've apologized to my parents at least five <laughs> times already does it make more or less sense viewing it from the other side now um like I know what they are thinking because I thought it at that age and remembering mm-hmm. but now I'm seeing other perspective of the parents and you know, the person trying to keep the house intact. Um, my parents had amazing patience, I'm discovering. <laughs> Either that or they drank more alcohol than you were aware of. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I'm kidding. There was a double pack of Natty Light in the downstairs fridge that stayed there for months. <laughs> Yeah, because it was Natty Light. Light that explains it. <laughs> right. And my dad well, liked the cheap stuff. Well, on that note, everyone, thanks for listening. If you have your own thoughts on our topic today, you know, biggest highlights or biggest disappointments of the last generation, or on our next week's topic, uh, just feel free to send us an email at syrupshotsgaming at gmail.com or just comment on the podcast like subscribe hit the little notification just all those things that people say to get up subscriptions because you know we want people we want to keep doing this so thanks good night bottoms up